Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. On this episode of Big derive energy we're going to discuss the king tiger woods winning the pip for a second year in a row uh, kind of shocking but not really the popularity contest payday shows the uh, king of the golf world still reigns and we're also going to talk about russell henley's win at the mayacoba at mayacoba the official name of the tournament is called the worldwide technologies or some shit worldwide technology championship yeah very very uh very specific golf tournament and that kind of got us thinking about georgia golf and other college golf teams that uh will compare their football teams and their golf teams we'll see is uh is georgia maybe a better golf school than football school and all this is brought to you by our friends over at pins and aces they're having a Huge Black Friday sale. So make sure you check out pinsandaces.com. Black Friday sale, 20% off all their new gear. Got to rock some of the fall stuff. Um, hopefully getting some more this week. Going to rock some more. Uh, I realized yesterday we went out and played golf. Uh, we'll discuss that a little bit too. But I only have one Pins and Aces jacket. Um, I'm a big jacket guy in case those those of you didn't know. I pretty much... My this last year at the Valley of Fun, like that's kind of my thing is just wearing a jacket. People made fun of me, but only had one pins and aces jacket. So hopefully get some more outerwear in my life now that it's getting a little cooler here. I saw my breath this morning when I was taking my dogs out. So well, yeah, uh, and they, they just dropped new hoodies too, and the hoodies are badass. Yeah, they've got hoodies, jackets, everything over there at pinsandaces.com. So if you're listening to this and don't want to participate in the Black Friday sale, you can always use the promo code BDE. That'll save you 15% off at pinsandaces.com. Actually got recognized uh, in Chicago this past weekend. Some dude's like, oh, you're you pins and aces guy. I had my pins and aces hat on at the tailgate. And he was like, hmm, I bought some stuff from there using your code. I was like, fuck yeah. Cha. That's how it yeah. goes. Love Cheers, to see that. That's called a conversion. <laughs> um, but no check out pinsandaces.com use the code bde saves you 15 percent off and gets you free shipping all right let's tee it up hello friends welcome to this tradition unlike any Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> it's a beautiful, chilly day here in the Mile High City. Coming at you from the offices and the bar of DNVR. Zooming in, the legend, my brother Mitchell Smith. Uh, we played golf yesterday. And it was probably the last good day of the year, unfortunately. And uh, we had a good time. How, how was your week? First of all, how was your week before this? Uh, I know we talked a little bit yesterday during during the round, but it was more just us just fucking spanking our old bosses, just absolutely paddling them <laughs> into the dirt. And Serbo listens to this, so he'll hear that. Yeah, we, yeah, we gave we'll him be getting a text. <laughs> probably talking shit i mean honestly it was so as windy as shit um during our round let's go through my week uh i really don't have much to report this week honestly i've been i've been taking it easy uh 
chilling on Sundays. Sundays are just Sundays have always been my favorite day of the week and they remain undefeated. Well, obviously during football, football Sundays are undefeated, mix in some golf, watch some football, um, eat my ass off, try to like get up and do something productive before the 11 o'clock games start. So I don't feel like a complete fucking couch bag of shit, but usually I do uh, anyways, by the end of the day, especially with these international games now, it's fucking insane. I'm watching football from 7.30 a.m. until 7 p.m. Like, it feels like a job that I'm not getting paid to do, but I would gladly, gladly do it over and over again. I've been doing it every Sunday. So it's it's definitely my favorite day of the week. Um, my least favorite days of the week are the days that I work. <laughs> so try to avoid those at all costs. Every other day is pretty good. So uh, what about yourself? I know you're in Chicago this weekend. You're just a big world traveler now, Super Chief. Yeah, um, Chicago this weekend, it was definitely uh, windy there too. I've been dealing with some pretty harsh Mother Nature farts for the last week and a, week and a half or so. Did you just make that up? Yeah, actually I did. Oh, it just came right off the top. Why it was so bad. Oh, I thought you were going to say that it was pretty good. <laughs> well, does it stink? Is she just like it doesn't physically stink like it, but it theoretically it stinks, you know? Yeah, I've never been like I like I've maybe flown a kite once in my life. That literally is the only upside to it being windy. I don't think there's another one. You can go fucking fly a kite, pal. Right. I mean, yeah, can you think I mean, of something. Honestly, I think wind is worse than well, I, and if you listen to this podcast, you know, and I've said it probably, I, I think I have, but I'm a, I'm built for winter, like for being a golf pro and, and loving golf and the sport itself. I fucking love when it snows and I'm just built like a polar bear. I've got a few extra layers on me. I'm prepped and ready for the snow to fly, but I would rather go outside in the snow than the wind. Like, Yesterday, for instance, we played golf. It was 65 degrees, which is it's fucking November in Colorado. So pretty nice overall. But the wind was terrible. And I rather I would have rather played in 45 degree weather with no wind like fat, flat out. And I think a lot of golfers because wind wind really blows, quote unquote, uh-huh. or no pun intended. Um, for many different reasons, but as a golfer, if you're riding in a cart, it's makes it 10 times colder. Um, it's basically like driving a car with no windows. And if it's windy, it just makes you freeze your ass off. It really affects your golf ball. Obviously you can't even talk to your playing partners because, well, if it's windy enough, like it was yesterday, everyone was screaming at each other. Cause nobody could hear what the fuck that anyone was saying. So it's just one of those things where it just makes the time so much less enjoyable, which, which really, you know, which really sucks at the end of the day, because golf's hard enough. And then you add that element of wind into it and you really got to like golf your ball. And I hadn't played since um, Riverdale, what, like three weeks or a month ago. So that was my first round in about, I think it was about all of our first rounds in about a month. Um, So nobody quite put on a clinic, but it just, fucking beats you down when you're out there in that kind of crazy wind and you don't have complete control over your ball flight. And I, I hit, I mostly hit some good shots. I hit some shots that were off the map bad, like looked like I had never touched a golf club in my life bad. Um, But I would say there's only like two of those. Other than that, I, I got it around fairly well, but yeah, just like it. And it sounds so lame. And whenever somebody tells me they're so tired after a round of golf, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like it's 18 holes of golf. How does that make you tired? But I was legitimately tired after yesterday's round of just being out in the wind for five. Well, we we actually played in four hours, which was nice. But um, yeah, being out in the wind for that long, no fun. Dude, yeah. I mean, you talked about being tired afterwards when we were cleaning up and uh, just putting our shit back in our cars. I like looked at these old, like 80 year old dudes that, that come out to the Valley of fun and all they do is golf and 
who knows what else they do in the rest of their life, but like they're at every spring Valley event They're you know, there's a dinner, there's a potluck, there's this, there's that they're coming. Like they, they live and die by the golf golf. They come in. Oh, we coming, coming. Well, but, but if it was my whole life, it would be different, you know? Oh yeah. But I, that, but that is literally is, like what they look forward to. That's like when you take your dog for a walk. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that they, like, I don't get how they just stay, a, 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 like, I don't get how they're just, like, not exhausted. Like, how they're just they, out there doing it. Every 65-plus-year-old man or woman that goes and golfs every morning has to have a specified nap time. There's just no way they don't. Oh, 100%. Like, in the winter, I, I hit the fucking couch at, like, 2 p.m., and there's a 50-50 chance I get off of it. Like I, I like to be productive in the morning, but roll afternoon rolls around. I am like good with not doing shit. So I guarantee you, that, and it's almost like a reward. It's like a reward. Um, it's you like a reward. You go bust your ass, play eighteen holes in this dog shit weather, and then you get to go home and lay on your couch, and you feel like you accomplished something for the day. You know, so it, I think it's almost a form of punishment in a way. Um, but like it hurts so good, like getting choked out or something. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that. Whoa! I, I had to believe. I actually had to believe something out on the last podcast. Oh. I did it. Pretty successful. Somehow. Oh, that's good. I've, I've got this. I've got this sick bleep uh, little snippet on my computer now on my home screen. Oh, so nice. I can just dra- drag and drop it into the pod format. Um, and also, I have a golf swing like a, the sound of a golf swing for like a transition. So we're getting really fucking high tech here over at big drive energy. You um, are, you're becoming a producer extraordinaire respect, yeah. but I will say talking about the golf yesterday, uh, we did paddle their ass like servo. I'm sorry, dude. I know you're listening to this, but we beat the shit out of you, which actually felt great. Cause I don't feel like that's happened ever. Or even if we have beat them in the past, it's been like a, like, uh, we grind it out, but so for the record, for those of you guys, we did. So this round was kind of like a, an, an ode to the Valley of fun. So we played with us two, And then our, our former bosses there at the golf course, Justin, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, used to be uh, director of golf and then general manager at spring Valley and Sean Fisher, who used to be the head pro as well. So at one point it was the four of us running the golf course and we were kind of reminiscing, getting in our feels a little bit. Um, but kind of like a one last, uh, time that we could all play it, that we, uh, anybody worked there and, uh, we felt like we could get one more round in. We've worked with those guys or none of those guys since we were 14 years old. So pretty majority of our lives have been spent either knowing them or literally know, almost about 50% of our lives. So that's, yeah. And once we got old enough, we actually became friends with them at first. We were just snot nose high schoolers. As they, yeah. They hated us. If you too. didn't, if you didn't listen to that pod with Justin, um, you'll, Go back and listen to it because he did not like me when I was 14 and I was a little asshole. We already, I don't need to rehash this. Everybody knows, but that's the thing with those two is with Serbo. Like I feel no need to beat him. Um, He's just not that kind of dick, but Fisher, it, it is never not satisfying to beat Fisher at golf. Cause he's just that kind of dude that will grunt. And I honestly respect this. And I said this yesterday, he he's almost like a method actor that's just gone too far. Like he'll have a five footer for double bogey and it's fucking 40 mile an hour winds. He'll stare at it for three to five minutes. And I'm like, dude, this has gone too far. Like in Spencer knows of all people, I throw shots at it. What did I say yesterday? I was like, well, even Justin had a tap in birdie. I was like, run up and give that to him so we don't have to stare at Fisher standing over this shit for five minutes. Like he he's I wouldn't say he's insufferable, but he's a very specific type of golfer to play with. And you really have to uh, learn, obviously, how to play with different kinds of golfers. So when I was younger, I could not stand golfing with him because I would get so frustrated with 
how long he took and how eccentric everything was. And now I almost kind of enjoy it. And definitely I love it when he gets pissed because he's got one of the worst tempers of anyone I've ever seen on a golf course, Spencer. I, and you used to be up there back in like the, your, your late teens, early twenties. I feel like you've dialed it back now. Um, but what, what do you think golfers wise? Have you ever seen anyone get more pissed off than Sean Fisher? No, uh, no, he does. He may, I get super, uh, secondhand. Gets really uncomfortable. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Mitchell. Like I watch I think, it. Like I'm usually a very like third person uncomfortability person. Did I just repeat myself like 800 times? Fucking blah, blah, blah. But I, I do not get uncomfortable anymore when he gets angry. Like I, I stare at him and like soak it up. Like I yeah, love see, watching him get pissed. I'm like going to pick up his head cover, like trying to like <laughs> defuse his wedge the that's 80 yards away that he fucking flung across the. Well, and yesterday, so when we were younger, he would snap at least probably one club a week, and he would or to the point where I remember we got a shipment of like twelve shaft of the same shafts in. And I was like, who are these for? And Fisher's like, they're all, they're just replacements for me. Like he just kept them on hand for when he knew he was going to snap a club. So that was how often he'd snap clubs. And yesterday he tried to give the three wood. Was it the three wood? Yeah. On five. He, he actually, tried to give it the, the that thing was over his the knee. full like mini banana. That's how bent it was around and it wouldn't snap. I think technically that'd be a very large banana if it's about 45 inches long. Well, no, like. I mean, like, like the I actually had some fucking thought behind this because the bigger bananas, they just like kind of bend and then they straighten out. Like you ever seen a massive banana just like straight, but like the mini bananas are very curved. I've honestly, I can say I've never seen a mini banana. If we're talking about food here. Well, <laughs> the smaller the banana, the more curve curvature oh, is needed. But, okay. Food. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah but okay. So yeah, he definitely bent it like a wet noodle. And I thought for a second, like, and I told him, I was like, you lose your fastball. Like you can't break a fucking club anymore. So finally our second to last hole, he throws a wedge probably a hundred yards away from the green. And he's a very strong person too, which is, um, can be intimidating at times when you mix it with alcohol. Uh, cause and you he mix likes it with half a bottle of $8 McCormick's, McCormick's vodka, vodka. <laughs> but he threw his wedge and then he goes over and just starts stomping on it like a fucking eight year old throwing a tantrum and it finally snapped. And I was like, Oh, he still got it. So yeah, that was Mitchell great. basically coaxed him into snapping his club. <laughs> like, you know, when somebody, it was a, the ultimate, like you won't scenario. Yeah, you like won't, Mitchell you basically, won't, I was like, you won't snap a club. You can't even snap a club anymore. And then two holes later, he's got that thing in two. <laughs> I did kind of do that. Didn't I? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But no, it was, it was a battle all day in terms of us all battling the elements and especially so was battling know, the golf course to keep his golf ball on it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh, put out the first five holes. So just so everybody's clear here. Well, I did finally, I hit a bad tee shot. Holes. Finally, I hit a bad tee shot and I was like, you better fucking do something. And you did make par straight into a, a tough par four straight into the wind. So I was like, respect, because I was I lost my tee shot. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, you, on you that were whole, I was getting some saddle sores. Yeah, you I was riding you. Yeah, I did not finish a hole for till 15, which <laughs> then it finally mattered. And we started uh, on we the back on 10. For so everybody. for the record, um, but. He's getting yeah, amber, alert. amber alert here. Yikes. Ginger, hopefully some white van. Ginger. Okay, let's keep podcasting. Oh, riot, riot! Somebody named their kid Riot Gardner. That's okay. kind of sick. I think I can't hear you anymore. Let's uh, mid, mid hear podcast me? Amber Alert. That's beautiful. Why can't you hear me? Can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you not hear me? Did you lose your 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 AirPods? All right, you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. I'm here. All right, mid-podcast, Amber, 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 whatever. All right, so anyways, so yeah, I didn't finish a, for first for five holes, uh, and then 
uh, made par, great par, absolutely. So just so you guys know how windy it was, I normally hit eight iron about 175 to 180 here at Colorado. Uh, and uh, Colorado level, non sea level altitude. altitude. That's good, the word God. Altitude. And uh, I had a 154 in and I hit eight iron and I and I hit it and I was like, oh, you kind of chipped it though. You didn't. I was like, Mitchie's going to be happy with me. And then it ended up 30 yards short. Yeah. You, I thought it. you flagged it and it just fell out of the sky like a fucking lead balloon almost in the bunker. But you did hit a great chip shot. So that's that's the story of Spencer and I is like I will give Spencer credit here. Um, and I, I don't know. You can kind of tell me what you think of this, but I feel like when you play with me, you don't really feel like you need to do anything. Not like, you know what I mean? Not like you don't need to do anything, but you can kind of rely on me for the most part. And then other than that, um, I, like y- you'll throw in a few birdies here and there, but you know, I'm going to kind of be the, the consistent one and you're going to be more of the wild card. But whenever I hit like a bad tee shot or I'm just like out of the hole, I feel like you do step up, which I do. I will give you credit for because you've done it before and you did. You did it yesterday. I mean, obviously the match meant really nothing in the long run, but um, you do have a a bit of a clutch gene and all. Oh, and I, I hesitantly say yeah, that. Yeah, I'd say it's like a 20 percent clutch gene. There is times where you can be very clutch, I would say probably more times than not you're not clutch no offense and when mm-hmm. i have to say no offense or some offense but um there's occasionally times where you will clutch up so i i hats off to you good sir yeah and i, I did end up making uh three birdies and four holes so we started on 10 if you guys know the valley of fun uh 16 made birdie mitchell did too so it didn't really matter but felt pretty good about it at my at a point after not finishing the first five holes going par birdie uh and then 17 was just a, a wash from the entire entire group there looking for balls and things but then birdied 18 and then birdied one so felt pretty good about myself for a little four hole stretch and that's all you really need in the game of golf is get you that nice little four hole stretch feel like you still got it for a bit and then uh you can kind of let the wheels fall off again after that. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's, that's also the beauty of match play is overall, like I think I added it up and I shot like 77, maybe or 78, depending on, you know, what I end up doing on a few, like, I think I lost, did I lose one T shot? Yeah, I think I lost one T shot. Um, so if I take double there, I think I shot like 77. So uh, overall, like we didn't, play that great but we just ham and egged it and played better than those guys did so i'm sure serbo is ready to be done listening to us talk about it so we will uh let's should we move on yeah let's move on it was a great uh we'll call it the final round of 2022 especially in colorado if we get up somewhere nice maybe you know we'll toss another few rounds in there but uh that was our final outdoor round in the state of colorado and i'll, and I'll take it it was a fun it was a nice little nice little ending to our our spring valley lives if you will um but uh good way to end it out and even though it was so windy it was it was a fun time so uh let's get into a little russell henley and uh taking home the championship first of all i want to talk a little bit about this golf course if you guys don't follow us on instagram go ahead and do that a little big drive energy pod on the insta uh always post our great tiktok some reels we're gonna have our DraftKings Big Bad Energy picks again coming up here in a less than a month. So make sure you're on those. But uh, if you don't follow PGA Tour on Insta, it's it's a little spammy of an Instagram account, but they did have a sick post uh, the other day from the El Chameleon Golf Club where they played this worldwide technology championship. But the bunker, I think it's it's not it's in the Royo. Cave. It's a cave, but there's a there's a term for that. It's not a royo. Uh, when I went to Mexico on my honeymoon, uh, my wife told me, and as I usually do, I kind of listen to most of what she's saying, but not all of it. Um, there is a good term out there for a like a cave like this, just underground. We even went to one. I'm gonna Google this, um, but the it was I, I was shocked um, at what 
like what's actually underneath a cenote. That's what it is. C note. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, it. so there's a full on cenote in the middle of the golf club. Um, we saw one not near as crazy at, at the golf course we played in Mexico, but if you, if you look through the PGA tours, Instagram from probably Friday or Saturday, there's a lot of posts on there, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, they, they did a little tour of it and dude, it, like how, it's a full on cave. All, yeah. First of all, how do you get grass to grow above that? Somebody riddled me that second of all, like, I wonder what the furthest ball has ever been in there. And if somebody's like, I topped plenty of balls yesterday. If I would have been in there, I might have been deeper into the cave than any man's ever gone with a golf ball. You, you'd say golf balls deep, like in the cave. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was a terrible joke. It was uh, close. Yeah, it was right there. Need a little touch. It was a foul up. tip. Yeah, <laughs> I tipped it. You're still out. I, anywho, you're still yeah, that, fat. Yep. Yep. Great quote from the uh, bench warmers. I actually quoted bench warmers on the golf course yesterday and, and nobody even remotely like reacted. So what did I say yesterday? It was, Oh, it was Gus bus. Yeah. Nobody got that. That's a fucking funny movie. Okay. That's a very underrated movie. Yeah. It's like kind of clean fun. I mean, there's even some shit in there that you can't really do now that was done 10, 12 years ago. Um, but yeah, pretty clean fun overall. Uh, yeah, but that, that cave looks like it's fully like a, over a hundred yards deep or 80, you know, somewhere in that ballpark where is, is there, there's not water in the bottom of it. Is there? Yeah. Full on water. Is there actually? Yeah. Holy it, fuck. I'll, I'll pull I up just, this thing and they can show you. I just thought about that. Cause like, there's no way there's water in there. Right? No. Yeah. There's full full-on water that's insane that is completely insane i just don't understand how you grow like still nobody riddles me how you grow grass over it yeah i mean well there's enough topsoil under the grass right like it's not just like a super thin layer there's still earth under it you know yeah but it's just such a uh also looking through the pga tours posts um this we did this pod already so i would like to do it again just because it get a real deep dive into trophies but one of the coolest trophies by far uh, i don't remember if it was in it or not but russell henley the picture of him it's just a legit chameleon uh probably made out of some really cool stuff um but it's uh super colorful green red um blue and uh, it's just a giant chameleon. So really cool thing for Russell Henley to add to the trophy case, his fourth, uh, fourth trophy overall. But yeah, I mean, like, can you see there? Like, I mean, oh God, I get, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is yeah, so bonkers. Here. Like you can see the water in the back. Holy shit. Yeah, that's okay. There is water in there. Imagine like not having anywhere to live and just going in there. I wonder if they've had to like evict people from there or physically remove them. <laughs> physically remove there. They, they did a post that was like, what would you do if you hit your ball here? And then they quote tweeted it with some other people. Just like, I would uh, toss it out or I would uh, go home. That's, that's a tough bunker, but well, just a beautiful golf course in general. And I think, uh, you know, Russell Henley, uh, getting his his win over Brian Harmon, uh, he he started a the couple day with of a Georgia stroke. Bulldogs. Yeah, he started the day with a six stroke lead. That's uh, bulldog on bulldog crime, win. brother. <laughs> ended the day with a four stroke win, uh, his fourth win and first since 2017. And actually, so he's had five 54 hole leads uh, in in his last like in his last like couple of years on the PGA tour, how many of those has he converted to wins? Uh, five, zero. Wait, well, he didn't, he have the 54 hole lead. Oh, before this, before this. Yeah. Like his last five 54 hole leads, he had not converted a single one. Um, and only off two the out of, a little bit then two out of 25 players in the last 15 seasons, uh, on PG on the PGA tour were unsuccessful at converting a, a 54 hole lead of six strokes or more. So he didn't, didn't join that club. Um, but the, 
What, so what do you think about this? Uh, the, so this is, I think, a thing that uh, is a greater scope in all sports. But so it was a record scoring pace at the golf club. Final score of 23 under tied the tournament scoring record, which was set by Victor Hovland last year. But do you think that this is going to become a trend at every place that's on tour? That's a consistent stop. Like in, in every lower, sport, lower people scores. are getting bigger, people are getting faster, people are getting stronger. And the cool thing is the PGA tour doesn't really have, I mean, they don't really have the, the, so like NFL, right. In the NFL now, every record is going to be broken because there's a 17th game, but it kind of changes the record books in general. The PGA tour will never have anything like this because there's always going to be four days. There's always going to be 72 holes. You know, this is no, this is no live. This is no hobby. Um, but really if the courses stay the same, these records will continue to continually be broken and they're not, there's no asterisk to be said because it's the same golf course. Right. I mean, yeah, no, I I think so. But I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to start making the golf courses harder there. I think enough people are going to get enough of golf, you know, PJ tour guys and superintendents all over the place. They're like, I'm sick of people thinking that my golf course is easy because these PJ tour guys go out and shoot 24, 28 under, you know, for four days. So I really feel like they're going to continue to make the golf courses more challenging in an effort to combat that. Cause yeah, eventually. And, but that's kind of the beauty of golf is it has progressed, 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 but I don't think we'll ever see a day on the PGA tour where somebody's consistently shooting in the fifties. You know what I mean? Like that's still a very rare feat, And I think it will be as long as we live. No, I, yeah, I think individualized rounds, like a 59 is still insane on the tour, especially with how tough the golf courses are. But I think overall, I mean, thinking about it, most, most PGA tour courses are par 72. So do you think it doesn't necessarily have to even be in the fifties, but you'll have guys, if they shoot nine, 10 under four days in a row, you know, that's 36 under like that's a, yeah, we saw that at Kapalua um, and it is a par 73, which is the only one of its kind on tour, but wasn't the winning score like 28 or 32 under there or some obscene crazy shit. Yeah. I think cam wanted it like 32 under. Yeah, like, I mean, that's super low, but then again, you look at PG Tour scoring averages for a year, and to consistently do that week in and week out is almost impossible. Um, I think the lowest ever scoring average was Tigers, like 68, 68 and a half. Will you pull that out for me real quick, see if I'm off base here or not? Tigers career scoring average? Well, Tigers lowest single year scoring average. Cause I think it's somewhere in the 68 and which is, I mean, is obscene to be averaging even anything under par on PGA tour caliber courses, but it's not as low as everybody thinks it would be. Yeah. So tiger's actual scoring average lowest was in the year. Guess 2002, 2000. Okay. And the, this is the lowest in PGA tour history. And it was what, what was your original? I guess 68 and a half. Okay. 68.17. Okay. So yeah, basically averaging 16 under par for every single tournament. That's that is a par 72, you know, Um, but most, most courses are. So that is insane. And that's why it was historically one of the best years ever by anybody in golf or frankly, anybody in an individual sport or team sport, really accomplishment and year. I don't really know where I'm going with the sentence. Um, it basically one of the best years ever by any athlete and to average 68 is insane. But like you said, we haven't seen that and who knows if we'll really see another athlete like tiger in golf um, ever, maybe, you know, it's because it's so much more competitive now, but to be, to be shooting 68 consistently on a P consistently as in like, that is your average, not like, 30% of the time, not 20% of the time, you know, um, it's, it's an unbelievable feat. And I don't know if we'll ever see that again. So it just goes to show you, like, I don't, there, there is going to be certain tournaments where they, they go lower and lower, 
but it's still all going to come out in the wash over a, a full PGA tour season, in my opinion. Yeah. So this doing a little research on this now, uh, looks like this is uh, the yearly PGA tour scoring leaders is the Byron Nelson award. Um, which I think is also given to some, we talked about it the other day for college students or something, Byron Nelson, whatever, but Byron Nelson basically had the lowest before that Tiger Woods stat that we just said 68.17 Byron Nelson in like 1960, uh, had a 68.33 scoring average over an entire season, which is the lowest, but here, so here, here are the leaders, uh, in the last so Tiger Woods basically dominated it from 99 on uh, throw VJ Singh from 99 to 2009. He basically owned it. There was one season of VJ, one season of Sergio. Um, but give me, all right. So 2022, this past season, who do you think won this award? Rory. Yep. And let's see if you can guess it for a reward. <laughs> I'll give Six. you within point point oh five either side. Jesus, so that's an, nothing. Give me an exact like six. No point. That's like like it's in the sixty eights. Obviously, we know it or pretty close. Well, no, I I understand. I was gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna go sixty nine point two. 68.67. Okay. So, I mean, it's pretty damn close, honestly. I I really thought that in, in years past, I've looked it up. It's been in the, the 69s. Has it ever been over 70 in the last 20 years? It has not. Uh, the closest it looks like is 69.61 in 2010. Who is Give that? Give me that golfer. 2010? Fuck. I I don't Bridgestone know. Bridgestone guy. Matt Kuchar? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So God, it just you, makes look, me feel old knowing that like Kuchar was good 12 years ago. And I mean, I guess he's really like he's still decent. He's not that good anymore, but I felt like he was good like three or four years ago, you know, and now he's it's over a decade ago. So that's weird. Right. But all right. So this award now has been pretty much dominated by by Rory and Dustin Johnson. Okay. Uh, and actually Can't speak we'll of his in... name here. Yeah. Right. So Rory, Rory, since 2012, basically we've got Rory's won it one, two, three, four times. Uh, Dustin Johnson's won it through twice. There's another player on this list that has won it twice since 2010. Give me that player. Dude, I have no fucking clue. Dude, since 2010, this is the last 12 years. Since 2010. And he's been the lowest scoring average on tour. This might give it away. 2015 and 2017. Jordan Spieth? Yeah. Okay, that's who That's who I was going to guess, but I, when you said the last decade, it made me think back to more to like the early, you know, 2011, 2012. Yeah. But, okay, so and, and I mean, he did have two phenomenal seasons, but I really thought with his inc- and it just goes to show you how consistent he used to be. Now he's kind of a ticking time bomb to see if he can break 80 at some rounds, you know, um, but he used to be very, very consistent. Yeah. And before so before we get into the pip and talk more about Tiger Woods and, and get the final list of the 2022 uh, player impact program and how much money they made, we'll get into that. Uh, one more trivia question for you. So in 2020, this well-known player, but not as a guy you would ever think to see on this same list, the scoring average leader at 68.978. I'll give you three guesses. 2020 scoring average leader on the PGA Tour. 2020. He's well known, but not like the not like like John Rahm's won this. Dustin Jordan, Steve Stricker won it in thirteen. Luke Donald in eleven. Kucher in ten. But like twenty twenty, this guy won it. He's won a major. Okay, but he's not like you don't think he's got it like that. Is he just won one major? 
as far as I know, yes. I know the specific major because I watched a ton of it. It was a U.S. Open. And it sticks in my head for some reason. No. 2020 U.S. Open. No, he didn't win the 2020 U.S. Open. He was the 2020 scoring leader, but he's won a U.S. Open. Oh, I see. I don't know, dude. I give up. Webb Simpson. Really? Webb Simpson led the... Oh, yeah, the U.S. Open at Olympic Club. That was when Mm -hmm. that... That crazy person ran on the, uh, ran out on the the putting green during the trophy ceremony with like. Or do you remember that dressed up like a chicken? Oh, I don't know if I do remember that. You don't fucking remember that? That's like an iconic golf photo. It's like John Daly's trophy ceremony when that dude with his bare ass cheeks runs out, and Webb Simpson's where the dude, I think it was some British guy with like fucking, or is that a Ryder Cup? Somebody did run out on the green during Webb Simpson's uh, U.S. Open trophy ceremony. Okay, well, yeah, that's a pretty shocking thing to see. Also, 2020 was a COVID year, so they didn't have a ton of golf. So that makes a little more sense now that I think about it. But, uh, yeah, pretty crazy to see Webb Simpson on there. So, Well, gonna... and real, real quick, what, well, what I was going to mention, too, uh, is the Georgia Bulldogs, because Russell Henley beat out Brian Harmon. Let me read this list off for you real quick of uh, since 2008, how many PGA tour player, how many PGA tour winners do you think have come from Georgia? Individual winners. Yeah. Individual winners. I'm going to get like not how many tournaments they've won collectively, just like guys that have won on tour from Georgia. I'm going to guess nine. Pretty close. 11. 11 different players from fucking University of Georgia. So they've combined for now. I think this article was written in April of this year. Um, So add another one for Russell Henley, but at least there's been 11 guys that have won 40 now 45 PGA tour events. Harris English has seven Harmon. Brian Harmon has three. Russell Henley has four. Now Ruji Amada, which was a great ball striker. Not a lot of people knew about um kind of a one-hit wonder chris kirk has four the kisner the people's champ has four the kisner kevin kisner keith mitchell that crazy fuck has one uh sep straka is a georgia product um most inconsistent player on the pga tour but he won this year hudson swafford has three brendan todd has three and bubba watson has 14 um fuck bubba so i can we just say his wins don't count since he's on live now so they've got 10 guys that have 31 PGA Tour victories. Uh, but that's the fact Bubba has won 14 PGA Tour events, I think is pretty insane. Like, I, I really didn't think his career was that good. Um, but just fucking nuts how, how many players they put out, you know. And, and just from that group, like, I, I want to say at one time it was Brian Harmon Hudson Swafford um, and and Harris English and possibly Brendan Todd all on the same team. Like, imagine their number four guys like Brian Harmon. And he's a small dude, lefty, like kind of a, you know, unsuspecting guy, but he fucking balls. So they just put out a lot of really good golfers. And I would almost say that uh, I would I would say they have one of the best golf programs in the country and. They also, I mean, I guess you can't you can't really claim Patrick Reed on there, but he did play for Georgia for a period of time. So um, kind of an asterisk there. Uh, we could do like how many wallets stolen out of lockers by UGA golfers. One, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they just trophy. have an insane stable of players out there. And um, honestly, I mean, I wouldn't say right now it's as good as their football program, but their golf program was really good before their football program ever was. So uh, respect. Yeah. Well, even in this tournament this weekend, when Russell Henley won, Brian Harmon got second. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a couple of dogs. That's dog eat dog world there. I think the biggest shocking thing that you just said, like Bubba winning 14 times, that's a lot. Like, but Harris English winning seven times on the tour is the most shocking stat I've heard today. Yeah, I would feel like he's probably one of the biggest unknowns. Um, 
relatively speaking, but he hasn't won anything big. You know, he hasn't won. He hasn't had that trademark win. I feel like he's kind of won some, you know, and don't get me wrong. I trade trade. Well, I wouldn't trade places with him because I just love my life so much. So appreciative. Um, But anybody would be so lucky to have a career like that. But having said that seven wins on the, you know, seven wins can look a lot different, you know, for different people. So uh, definitely a very underrated kind of unknown type of dude to have seven PJ tour wins. Yeah. So here's a question for you personally, you, would you rather have Harris English's career or would you rather I, off the top of my head, I can't think of a specific guy. Would you rather have a career where you won one major and maybe like a Tim Clark back. I think it was Tim Clark back in the day, but you never um, win anything else. That's tough, dude. I would, I think I'd rather get to the top of the mountain. I'd rather win a major, um, than, than five PJ tour events, seven PJ tour events. And it's, it's tough to say, but what getting to the top of the mountain, no matter if you only do it once to say you're a major champion is so much tougher for as tough as winning on the PJ tour is there's a small percentage of guys that win on the PJ tour and then win a made, you know, between winning a, a PJ tour and winning a major, there's a probably 10% of all PJ tour players, of all PJ tour winners have won majors. So it's an even tougher feat than winning. Obviously it's major, um, but it's even tougher than winning on the PJ tour. So I think I would, I would rather have that feeling once, you know, and, I think John Daly kind of encapsulates that because he's had his successes, but he won those two majors and that catapulted him to, um, you know, where he's at now, like financially everything. And I know he put himself in a financial ruin, but uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, obviously lived a pretty good life and made a lot of money. And I think major winners make like, I think he said he made something like 15 million off the British open like just in sponsors and shit, which, you know, you're not going to get that if you win the fucking Sanderson farms. So uh, definitely your name carries a little bit more weight when you win a major. Oh yeah. I, I would completely agree with that. Like you said, Harris English is a guy that nobody knows about, but you win one major where the whole world's watching and your name goes down for forever. Oh yeah. 100%. Like that's, yeah, it, it, there's nothing better, nothing bigger in the golf world than winning a major, even though Ian Poulter will tell you it's a Ryder Cup um, and a Ryder Cup's right there. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, winning a major is winning a major. So, yeah. So your pick a couple weeks ago was went horribly wrong and I won't hold you to that. Tony um, Fina. But, yeah, he, he missed the cut. Uh, looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook on the number. You guys. You guys can get in the DraftKings Sportsbook using that promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the All City Network and the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet, and you get $200 in free bets if your team wins. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with stepped-up same-game parlays. I do this every Nuggets game and every Avalanche game. It makes it really fun when you're watching one specific game. You can put multiple bets together, and you can win a ton of money. I won a lot of money here a couple weeks ago. Um, still suckling off that a little bit um trying to trying to you know go for the throat and throw a little same game parlay in there uh gonna do one tonight um for the denver nuggets and then probably tomorrow for the um colorado avalanche you're finally back on a normal schedule they play i believe nashville tomorrow night so definitely going to do a little parlay, maybe a goal scorer and over under, and then the abs winning, uh, you can make three bets into one. And, and then with the DraftKings stepped up, same game parlay, boost that even more. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use the promo code DNVR and any $5 bet this weekend, you get $200 in free bets. If that team wins only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code DNVR minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See the show notes for details. Also want to tell you about our great friends over at game time game time is the best ticketing app by far we bought our tickets we're headed out to baltimore here in about a month to go to the broncos versus the ravens game don't know what that's going to look like as far as a game goes but right now we got our tickets and they have this awesome thing called like the flash deal where you log in it's like the first thing you see and go onto that flash deal and it'll give you a really good price and it's only for a limited time so 
you can wait till the game starts uh, and get really inexpensive tickets, be able to save like 50, 60% off what you would pay. So make sure you're checking out the game time app in our show notes and using that as your number one ticket provider, because it's been our number one for a while. We're excited to tell people about it. I love game time. It's the app that I use to go to Nuggets games, Rockies games, Avalanche games, all that. You can go right in there right before the game starts to plan your going, you know, go have a nice little dinner at the Breckenridge uh, house, you know, at Pepsi or ball arena, whatever. It's still going to be Pepsi center for me forever. Um, but head over to that. Then you can just kind of sit there and troll the website. And uh, once you see a ticket that you like, you can sit close to the ice. If you've never gotten to do that before, people get a little desperate. They want to sell those tickets. And that is all at your benefit at game time. You can get super discounted tickets, sit in places you've never sat before for any games that you'd like to see. And includes concerts and shows. So make sure you check it out game time in the show notes. All right. As we said earlier, king of the PIP, Tiger Woods. Uh, he did, he did it again. And now he, he currently has more player impact program wins than he has PGA tour starts in the last two years. Yeah, dude, that's that. And we, we, I wouldn't say we're like a broken record. Um, cause we did this last year, but it, it just like, yes, Tiger deserves it. He deserves way more than, and it, it almost feels like the PGA tour is just trying to make this up to all of what they owe him for cre- basically creating the PGA tour single-handedly and, and making it what it is today. But it's just, they need to, I think they need to go about this a better way. Cause I just don't agree with how it, it should be benefiting PGA tour players that move the needle for the PGA tour week in week out. And obviously Tiger Woods is not doing that. He's hardly on TV. Sure, his name gets Googled probably a million times a day. Um, but overall, you know, it's just uh it's just a weird thing. I, I don't love it. Like I love where they're head like they have good intentions with it, but it needs to be done better, in my opinion. There's so many more guys that deserve this money and have earned this money so much more than what Tiger Woods has done this year. And do you disagree? No, there's definitely guys. uh, We're big Twitter users. Uh, If you're not get a Twitter, follow us at big drive energy, shameless plug, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Like we use all of it and yeah, we're multifaceted and (laughs) you definitely want to like, there's so many, there's a few better, way better follows on Twitter than Tiger Woods. Of course, interesting note. Uh, if it would be funny to see now, granted, he's not on the PGA tour yet. Um, and this is high, high expectations. He's still a young kid, but if they had Charlie Woods in the PIP where he would have finished just based on him playing in like the PNC and just a few things here, there, I swear to God, every video of him goes viral, whether it's just making a swing at a range. He could eat, he could be eating fucking cereal and they'll be like, he eats cereal just like all the greats did. It's like, shut up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's amazing. Where, where do you think Charlie would end up there? Uh, I think he'd be probably top 10. <laughs> See, and that's, that is absurd. And that, that is why the, the pip is almost a perfect encapsulation of why some of these guys have gone over to the live tour because Tiger Woods, although he deserves the credit is he, he is, he is 90% of the PGA tour, you know, and Rory McIlroy is probably 6% of it. And then it goes down further and further and further, but you are such a small piece of the pie as a PGA tour player, just your run of the mill guy that finishes 75th on the money list, you know, um, that these guys are, they're not valued for what they're bringing to the table. You know, they're, they, they don't really matter near as much as it seems like the, the mid tier guys do on live. So tiger's getting taken care of and obviously well-deserved for what it's not what it's well-deserved overall. It's not well-deserved this year, but it just, it, it's so stupid that the guy hasn't played a PGA tour event in two or what has he played two PGA tour events the last two years. Uh, he's played in zero 
he started zero PGA tour official events. He's played in majors, but that's it. Okay. Okay. So he's played in zero official PGA tour events and they're still paying him $10 million or what is it? Didn't they even up it this year? Is it 15? I think it's 15 or well, Rory's making $12 million for second place. Yeah. But something so. that's interesting about the PIP rankings is players only receive that if they play in 13 elevated events during the 2023 season. Okay. So like they, and they upped. So when the PIP started in 2021, it was a $40 million total payout. It's up to a hundred now, but the top 20 players and they've awarded it, they awarded to 20 now instead of 10. So Colin Morikawa, if he finishes 11th again, I can't find, I don't think the official full rankings came out. They basically just, knew that tiger won it and asked Rory about getting second place, even though he's now number one in the world. Um, but yeah, so in 2023, the top 20 players will receive their PIP bonus after playing in 13 elevated events that they qualified for as well as 13 or as well as three non elevated events. So I don't know how this is working with live golf now, but those guys will not clearly not get their, PIP bonus that they've applied, you know, so who knows, does that push back to the next one? I guess some more stuff will come out here in the next couple of days, since this is pretty fresh, fresh news of him winning the winning again this year. But yeah, like you, you've got to play on the PGA tour and earn it the following year, which is, you know, like we talked about, they could do better with the PIP rankings, but at least this is a kind of a way to combat it. So we'll see if tiger is able to play or, you know, he probably doesn't even care, but (laughs) the, yeah. yeah. But the, these other players that did get up there in the top 20 will have to play in those 13 elevated events and three other events in order to earn the bonus. Okay, so yeah, I do I do like that. Um, that there has to be, yeah, that, 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 that is better. I just don't love how they've gone about it. But their hearts, their heart, like the PG Tour has a heart. Um, their head's in the right place. They just... I think they need to refine it more as time goes on. But yes, ultimately, they're like, like you said, we use social media. There's guys just off the top of my head. I would say Max Homa and Will Zalatoris between and Will Zalatoris doesn't even have a big social media presence. But do you remember in the middle of the summer when everybody was t- like when he lost the U.S. Open or no, the PGA Championship or no, that's that was uh, what did he lose the U.S. Open? He lost like two tournaments. He <laughs> lost two majors in the yes. last like I PGA think championship. He was one shot off of being in the playoff with Justin Thomas and Mito Pereira. That's what it was. Okay. So yeah, but like, can you imagine Will Zalatoris, how much he was talked about in his putting stroke and, you know, like for better or for worse, people talking shit about him, they're still talking about him, you know, and he actually went out on the PGA tour performed and brought the PGA tour a lot of headlines and obviously Rory McIlroy is the PGA Tour poster boy now, so not surprising that he finishes second, but overall, you got to think that there's other guys just more deserving, and same with Max Homa. I think, what did he win three times this year? Twice this year? Yeah, three or four times, I think. Yeah, I think he won three times this year, and it's like... Going back to like going from like the calendar year of this year and the early stages of the PGA tour season last year, I think he's up to four wins. Okay. Yeah. So very well deserving for him too. Um, so, you know, there's just a few, a few different things that they could do differently, but that's, you know, if I was Jay Monahan, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So, or maybe I would be if I knew what was good for me. <laughs> he's uh he's got quite the landscape to battle over the next couple of years in golf and it's going to be fun to see it's gonna be fun to you know do this podcast weekly and see where things change and and things evolve as as live becomes a thing and they possibly get majors and they roll out a full schedule next year uh gonna be super interesting to see uh as we as we go along so make sure you're always following along with our podcast and taking this golf journey with us. Cause golf is one of those sports. that's kind of ever evolving in terms of now there's another tour, like the CFL and all these other things that come 
try to compete with the NFL and XFL and they always dissolve, but PGA tour seems like it's got some real competition and, and we'll be here to talk about it every week uh, forward with you guys. So make sure you're, you're hitting the uh, subscribe button on that podcast. Make sure you're following us at big drive energy on Instagram, big drive energy pod, excuse me, on Instagram at big drive energy on TikTok. We're releasing one uh, we just released one yesterday, as of when you listen to this, of uh, things golfers hate to hear on the course. And if you always have, if you ever have suggestions or anything, make sure you're tweeting at us or Instagram DM us. We always love to take suggestions from people and create that content. So we're having a blast with it. Make sure you're following along and have a great weekend. Enjoy the Houston Open. Scotty Scheffler is currently the favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook at plus 550 to win it. So uh, the Scotty Scheffler magic is still very much in the bookmakers' minds. Uh, Sam Burns, Aaron Wise, Tony Finau round out the top four. Maverick McNeely in there as well. So uh, make sure you're watching Make sure you're watching some golf, uh, especially this time when you can't play it. People get more into watching it. But there's also a lot of opportunities that we're going to get into. And, you know, there's so many more simulator places and top golf and things that you can do in Colorado. And if you live in live somewhere where it's uh, winter, uh, definitely don't have to end your golf season. Now you can still keep, keep practicing and, and keep that game up. So you guys enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you next week on big drive energy, looking to get a pretty cool guest on. So make sure you're tuning in for that. Have a great weekend. Peace. Peace.